as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, Arcane Recap Episode 9, the Which, final episode of this series. The I'm your episode, host, Ryan. The episode's so crazy that our housekeeping is just... Where do we go from here? here? With your host, Hatch. That's Hatch talking. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't handle it. I can't be contained. He's going to handle the housekeeping. Listen to us everywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Follow us on any of the platforms you prefer from that page. Uh, send us any email. That, come on, you have something to say. At podcastcore at gmail.com. And then please leave a like, follow, short review, slash comment. We appreciate it as always. It helps with discoverability. helps get the word out. Uh, and it helps people let us know what they think. Uh, but the easiest way is to tell a friend to cry in solidarity by listening to the casuals of Runeterra podcast. Um, uh, yeah, let's just, I, let's, uh, let's, just no words, no words. End of episode. End of episode. <laughs> right. End thanks, of as episode. always, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. With the, Take care, everybody. <laughs> All right, we're going to get it's, into it. What we're going to do is we're going to run through the beginning of this stuff pretty quickly because the bulk of it is the ending. Obviously, we've worked up to this point so heavily. So let's get into it. We start off immediately where we left off um, with Jace uh, unintentionally murdering a child, um, but actually having all the reality kind of hit him with like a ton of bricks. He's finally been shocked to the point where he's starting to make his own decisions. Um, and he's decided this has gone too far and they need to kind of, this has to stop. Right. Um, yeah. And this, this kind of comes at the face of Vi, who's like, you know, as we mentioned in our last episode, she's like, what, just one dead kid. The kids have been dying. Thousands of kids have died down here and you guys don't care. And now you care just because you get to see it type of thing. And she's like, we're just scratched the surface. We have to go deeper into Zon. And Chase is like, I can't do this. Um, and I'm going to need my gauntlets back. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, it is such a tense scene at this point because you're already just like on the edge of your seat emotionally because you're, they do a good job of helping you empathize with Jace. And then it's immediately both of them just posturing up and it's like, okay, here we go. Vi's ganking top lane. Uh, let's see let's see how jace handles this uh, but we we've got this this very tense standoff that just ends with jace walking away and pretty much just kind of like you know what do whatever you want i don't care anymore i know i'm out i i'm i can't do this so i'm out uh and it I, I've said that it's tense. It sets the tone for the rest of this episode. <laughs> this whole episode. It, like, it does not let off the gas from this point, pretty much. Because um, uh, from there, we just go... like We get them walking away, and then a fast-forward in the same scene, and it's Silco kind of assessing the damages there. 
And then we find out, one, we get a name of another one of the mob heads, which is one of the female leaders, Rennie. And it turns out that the dead kid that Jace killed is her son. (laughs) Because, yeah, we're not letting off the gas at this point anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We just have, and, you know, she's mourning because, obviously, her children didn't sign up for this type of situation, even though Silco reminds her that, hey, you're a part of it. That means your family's a part. We're all a part of this. Um, we want our independence type thing. Uh, and then we move over to uh, Victor, also mourning the whole situation with Sky that we talked about last episode. And to the point where you finally think you'll get this respite of he's going to destroy the Hex core. Uh, and he can't. He can't bring himself to do it. He doesn't have, like, he, he knows what it means to him. Um, but one interesting thing is we get to see the Hex core behave sentient. Um, where it's like shirking back from the chair as Victor's about to strike it. Uh, and then it, you know, strikes him instead. <laughs> mentally. Like, mentally. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we say mentally, but like, well, yeah. There is, it looks like a, like there's a reaction from it with his leg, which yes. is the only part of his body that has been transmuted by the hex core so far. So it almost is like, what? Wait, what? You're going to kill me? You're going to kill me? Well, fine. I'm taking the leg back. Like, it it, kind of has, like, that feel to it. And which, again, just kind of further reinforces the idea that it's becoming sentient. It's defending itself. uh, No, no, that's totally fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) There are no movies about this. And you know what? Victor thinks it's fine, too. That's why he has such a look of fear on his face while he's lying on the ground. (laughs) In a fetal position crying. Yeah. yeah, so from there we hop we hop over as far as to um to Mel confronting her mom. Yeah. As far as because uh, at this point everyone is aware that Jace went over everyone's head and just attacked this manufacturing plant, and Mel's got some strong words as far as like yo th- this happened because you showed up and you forced it to happen. And uh, one of the quotes I have written down here is that, you know, there was that Mel's goals was to protect the city from people like her mom. Uh, So we knew we knew that Mel always had ulterior motives, that there was something in the background happening. But this clearly just like I don't think that war was ever her plan. Yeah. Uh, Mom keeps saying that that was the plan all along. The whole fascist state is like, okay, this was a plan all along. She was creating weapons, but it, we're kind of saying now that like she was truly holding on to a hope that, yeah, if I play all of these cards just right, though, no one has to die. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, if you're mass producing terrifying weapons that's just not how it works uh so a little bit of naivety uh. yeah and her mom also lets her know that you know her mom kind of misses who she was she was more ruthless and mel's the reason she's essentially become weak in her own eyes um and and these new kind of ways of thinking it's just like no we're, we're brutal we do it this way and then she reminds mel that you know she kind of plays a trump card that says well you have to do this because the guy your brother screwed is depending on this to broker peace. And if not, then we have targets on our own backs, right? So it's like, her. It, I, I like that her mom doesn't immediately cave to this rebelliousness, right? This is more a moment for Mel as a character. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's pretty neat on how they handled this moment. Uh, because, you know, Jace has some standing up 
to people to do as well, right? And them being in a relationship of sorts, it, it, it's really well put together on how they're coming to these conclusions. Yeah. And, and I also like this because it opens the door as far as for later on in Arcane to introduce more Noxus characters. Yes. Because I, if, if this is connected to whatever's happening with the Madarda clan in Noxus, we don't know who's behind that. It could be a very prominent character in Noxus, or it could be someone new that hasn't been introduced yet. So that it's tying in another region. So that's yeah. exciting because more regions means more champions, and we want to see some of our favorite characters come to life. Yeah, and we'll have some we'll have some episodes where we kind of go down that rabbit hole of okay, what do we think would be cool based on what we have, right? Um, but we move on to this cool scene of Victor. Um, which parallels an earlier scene uh, in the earlier episodes of Jace uh, contemplating suicide um, after he dumps uh, Sky's ashes into one of the rivers there, or river, I say like sewer pipe or whatever. Um, and they kind of have a discussion about, you know, this time it's Jace's turn to save Victor um, from himself. And Victor makes a comment here, which kind of references again back to what Heimer told them early on when they were coming up with these great inventions, right? Uh, and he says, in the pursuit of great, we forgot to do good. And that is like, that kind of sums up everything in with a bow on top, which is like, yeah, Heimer told you that. <laughs> he was saying it from the, the beginning. And he kept even, saying it. Even after he got ousted, he's yeah. kind of going out the door of just like, remember to do good, guys. And Jace's response to do good was kill a kid. Yeah. So, you know, like some, some, le yeah, some lessons. Some steps <laughs> I had trouble with algebra. <laughs> some lessons just don't stick. <laughs> but we get um, another one of Hetch's fun scenes. Another gangsta scene here. Oh my goodness! This one, this one was so hype too because yeah. we we hop over into Silco's office and uh, this time Silco again has another meeting he hasn't called for as Savika brings both Finn and uh, Rennie into his office unannounced, and now we know that like Finn is kind of like completing his. Uh, Completing his goals as far as trying to oust Silco, and, and we they've done a great job as far as constantly showing that Savika is kind of on the fence over who should be the the head of this you know the organization or at least yeah. who sh who her loyalty should belong to, and that comes to a head in this scene where Finn basically is like, okay, Silco, you're out. I thought you were the guy, but you're too old now, so you're out, and today's the day you die. And Silco's like, you know what? I, I knew that, uh, look, my day my day is coming. I know it. That's just how this business works. But I, this whole city was built on loyalty, and I believe in loyalty. And Savika decides to stay loyal. And boy, that the way they did this scene was just sick as far as how she ends up just killing Finn. Yeah. Um, and because it, it they even at the point where she kills Finn, I was like, oh, okay, she's she sticks with Silco, and then like it cuts, and it's like, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm not so sure she stuck with Silco. Like <laughs> they, they did a great job of just keeping you on the edge of your seat, even when you get the feeling that you know what's going on. Yeah, uh, and, and it he, was yeah, even so to well the done. point where 
even Silco's kind of unsure because after the deed's done, he's still shaking, right? He's trying to mask it in the face of uh, Rennie so that he can be like, hey, go tell your friends what you saw type thing. Um, <laughs> very, yeah, another great, like all the mobster type scenes have been done very well. Um, even if yeah. they're by the book, it's just they, they fit yeah. very Wh- Whoever and, Whoever was heading up this part of the stories, yeah. like they, they watched all the same movies I watched. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting all the vibes of like, you know, Godfather with a little yeah. bit of like Goodfellas in there too, where it's just like, you know, not as romanticized and everything. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm down yeah. with this. Yeah, and then we get some diplomacy. Uh, we start to get a lot more diplomacy here as – Obviously, Jace is like, listen, we're done. We're done with the, the yeah. fascism, um, violent stuff. Yeah. So we jump over to Silco, mm-hmm. um, trying to negotiate peace with Jace, and because this the Godfather esque scene as far as Finn dying, it reveals that what what Silco was kind of uh, struggling with on his desk was that he had evidence as to who did the raid. So, because he's got a letter or at least a sheet of paper with the Talis family crest on it. Mm -hmm. And that leads to them trying to parlay. And uh, again, it still shows like the tension as far as like Silco, just like, oh, you showed up into an ambush position and you're unarmed. And so like, it's like still very openly, like, yeah. Kind of flashbacking to what Vi was saying to the council. He hates you. Yeah. Like all of Zahn hates Piltover. There is not going to be peace. And the the skinny of this whole of this whole parlay is that Jace will give Zahn its freedom. And all he asks for in exchange is the ceasing of production of Shimmer and Jinx. Yeah. Like someone has to answer for this. And this is the whole thing that Caitlin's been working towards too, which is get the bomber. And Jinx is the mad bomber. So that's the deal. That's what's on the table. Yeah. And then we have some scenes that kind of move us to the meat of the episode um, where we get Echo with Heimer bringing him to the hideout. Heimer is very um, impressed by this development like this resistance little stronghold and but he's also kind of perplexed because we know heimer is a very logical person and echo as a young inventor right um lets him know you know sometimes you don't give people what they need you have to give them what they want right so that living has more purpose than just these kind of protocols and that's a good kind of insight for heimer right It, it pushes him to start to uh like his his thought of progress has changed. He still wants progress for Piltover, but it's now more of a holistic view, right? Yeah, it's introducing the human element. Yes. Because uh, he is logical to a fault, which drives me batty since he's a magical creature. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> like someone hire him a Yordle prostitute. And <laughs> just Stop with the Yordle prostitute. I will never stop with the Yordle prostitute. It's not the solution to the story. <laughs> the final scene is just a Yordle prostitute solving the, all the A issues. Yordle prostitute is going to bring peace to Piltover and Zahn. I'm calling it now. So then we get a shot of Soko at a statue of Vander, which was erected, which is cool. Um, And he's kind of talking to him, you know, about like, this isn't how this was supposed to go. Um, Kind of being vulnerable here as well. Uh, But what he doesn't know is behind that statue is Jinx. And she's listening in because he does voice a little bit of doubt about what a daughter does. Um, to a person in Zon, like for for what a person in Zon needs to do to survive, 
uh, it's more of a hindrance. And that kind of comes across to a jinx who's at the most unstable state. Yeah, and it really shows her instability because they they have it written out to have like a little bit of ambiguity in how he's talking. Like the dialogue itself has some ambiguity as to what Silco's deciding, but his tone never carries a sign of giving up jinx. Yeah. Like the words have ambiguity, but I never once in that scene got the vibe that he was going to sell out Jinx, uh, because you know it's like the the damages of a daughter is like because he's got everything he ever wanted on a plate, and all he has to do is give up Jinx, and his tone says that he's going to keep Jinx, but she's so unstable that she's not picking up on it, yeah, and. Uh, like it, that was a really cool bit as far as for me because it, you have like you, crazy can't be reasoned with even yep. if you have like these social cues and everything crazy doesn't pick up on it anymore because it doesn't live in that same world um, but as far as trying to break down the crazy while I was trying to really you know put myself in Jinx's shoes we hop over to the last drop and boy, do they not mince words when we get to the last drop? Because I, I didn't expect a rematch here. I like I I was seriously was not expecting a rematch. Like yes. not even in the slightest. We get the Vi and Savika rematch. Both have their they've maxed out their weapons, so they've gone to base, they've bought, and now they're back in lane. Six and slotted, boy, baby. Uh yeah, this is just pure Sakuga here. Go watch the scene. The choreography is just insane in this show from top to bottom. Like, I, I can only imagine how much mo-capping they had to do, uh, but they did very well with, like, rotoscoping and all that stuff. So props to them for this being, like, the last big fight scene. Uh, and yeah. we even get, like, a little boxing movie uh, pep talk here where Vi's in a knocked-out state. She goes inside her head, and Vander's sitting her, like, in her corner kind of thing, giving her a That was talk. when I started crying. I was already choked really? up. And, oh, yeah. I was, okay. I, was already, I was already choked up as far as, like, with Silco yeah. waxing poetically with Vander's statue because yeah. we, we already knew that Silco wanted Vander to be on his side. And yeah. then it was this boxing such a stereotypical boxing movie. It works thing. every time. Like, you got to get up, Rocky. And uh, uh, but like it was already that like Silco is reaching out to Vander, and then we see that Vi is also reaching out to Vander. Yeah. So it's like this 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 dysfunctional family is just trying to find each other. <laughs> Dude, it's, and it's just like oh god, <laughs> it was it was difficult. Yeah, and, and we get we get Vi winning this fight. Right. She ends up winning it. Um, not in a decisive fashion. She's kind of beat up from all of it. Uh, and then we get the surprise of, you know, as she gets back to the bar, crawls up, we get another shot of Jinx in the background. And she's like, good job, sis. And then pistol whips her. Yep. And this takes us to one last thing before we get to the juiciness, which is the final council meeting um, where Jace finally nuts up. He makes a decision for himself. And he finally shows independence of thought and action and says, here's what I want to do. Here's what we need to do. I don't care what you guys think. Vote yay or nay. And that was a huge for him. I think that, I mean, obviously that's his climax, right? As a character. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's huge, but it's also like a little bit too late. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, like, 
I won't say that we already know that there's not going to be a decision. I mean, it's day four, we're right? Not so at like... the ending, <laughs> but it's like it, it. It was too late because he, the first action he took, as far as nutting up, was a uh, complete act of vigilante justice. Yeah. Uh, so it's like you know, if he had just done this before the vigilante justice, maybe the council would listen more. The um, Batman, but it's the bat. It's the bat. <laughs> but at least he goes in there with the tone of like, look, I know my seat in the council is numbered. My days yeah. are numbered here. But so with my last dying breath, I curse Zoidberg. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like so my last act is going to be getting zon its freedom and so then he puts it to a yay or nay vote and before anyone can vote uh vi wakes up tied to a chair in the ruins of her childhood home yeah. with a psychotic jinx what? in the shadows <laughs> let's set the scene up because this has there's a lot of references here um the biggest one being alice in wonderland tea party um which is a common one because it's it's one of those scenes that already has an eeriness to it and it just starts to build into a crazy tea party right um and this one's just represented as a dinner one end sits by one end sits uh, Silco. Uh, Silco's mouth is gagged. Vi is able to talk. There's a bunch of other things at the seat, which is something we've mentioned in the past, um, which are the doll she made for the friend she lost. So, so yeah, so we this got how we're Milo. Yeah. yeah, we got we got Milo and Clagger at the table. Only way it could be crazier is if it was their actual corpses. That would, <laughs> thank you, Riot, for showing some restraint because that would have been twisted. Yeah. Uh, twisted. <laughs> um, one of one of the seats is Vi's childhood doll that she showed Powder yeah. in the first episode. As far as like, look, we all screw up. You don't let the screw ups define you. Um, and so they're like, Vi is just trying to process this absolute like yeah. mad hatter setting. And then it's like, oh, I visited your girlfriend and we got it. They said it. They said it they out loud. Said it. They said it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Twitter, do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> but you, you, you mentioned her processing it. And this is one of those things where she's finally seeing the full extent of Jinx's insanity manifesting because remember she's been away for a long time because she was in prison and she's seen jinx as she's interacted with her here and there outside of her own dwelling but to be inside of it and to look around and see the craziness that she's living within so it's not even within herself it's her surroundings at all times is this insanity yeah via's pack uh panicking yeah and so then it's the i visited your girlfriend we get the nice you know bring in the dish and yeah. it's covered and what's in the box what? what's in the box another reference uh, there. Yeah. So a, a nice little freak out as far as like oh god what did you do to caitlin yeah. uh and then it's the hexite gym as on a, a cupcake <laughs> on top of a cupcake and that so, kind of gives us our first not our first scene but a good scene into okay this is the crazy jinx but we're in joker mode right she's going oh, yeah. to do these things where it's more over the top um, but she still has some sense of, you know, wherewithal. Yeah. And uh, and it's great because she reveals the cupcake and then it goes, 
what are you freaking out for? I'm not that crazy. <laughs> and she wheels in Caitlin. So Caitlin's also trapped, yeah. bound and gagged. And um, so now with this table set up, uh, Jinx is like, okay, so here are your options. Where do I sit? Yeah. And there are two seats. One is named Powder. One is labeled Jinx. And it's like, all right, so you decide where I sit. It's up to you. And she hands by the pistol and is like, kill Caitlin so that I can take my seat as powder. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Listen, we all I'll say this from the beginning. Everyone knows the Joker influence. When Jinx came out, we all knew. But for them to be able to put this scene together and it not feel cheesy to make it feel authentic, because this is a Joker scene um yeah just straight up but they do it so well and they've worked up to it that it has that same impact of like holy shit what a decision because there's so many different things that play here right yeah like it's not disingenuous to say that it's a joker scene but it's done well enough to where it's not disingenuous to say it's a jinx scene yes like it it feels very natural for her character they so they did great with this and also if this is how you treat your siblings when they start dating (laughs) screw you (laughs) this is not a healthy sibling relationship oh Uh, you think okay (laughs) i didn't realize until episode nine <laughs> it took me a while to get there, but I don't think this is right. So um, obviously, yeah, Vi's trying to talk her down, saying there has to be a different way. And she's like, no, this is how it's going to be. Um, Caitlin, obviously ever so present um, in situations like this because she's good at it, uh, sees like a broken piece of glass uh, sitting near her. And then she jinx kind of on a, like a little rant and she places the pistol near Soko. Now, it's one of those moments where I'm like, OK, I think Jinx is fully aware of all this going on. But because of the chaos that she now embodies, she's letting it happen. Right. Because yeah. none of this is by accident. She is kind of having a panic attack um, in this moment as well as the back and forth starts happening because she takes off Soko's mask or his gag and lets him talk as well. So it's becoming overwhelming for her. Yeah. Cause as far as in this, like she, she's still very much in control. And even with her panic attack, she still acts like she's in control. Um, but when she's taking off Silco's gag, her whole perception up to this is that Silco's there because he betrayed her. Yeah. He was going to sell her out to the Pilties to make peace. And then as soon as the gag comes off, it was like, no, I already told you. It's you and me against the world, yeah, baby. Burn. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, <laughs> we're in this together. Uh, and so it's like, no, we're we're gonna burn this whole world to the ground because yeah. this that's who we are, and I'm never gonna turn my back on you. And that's really what kind of unsettles her in this moment. Yeah. So then this combined with Caitlin cutting herself free, grabbing <laughs> Jinx's Gatling gun, yeah. trying to get her to disarm herself, and Stop uh, resisting. Jin- uh, I I like this because she she Jinx is able to regain control of the weapons with the use of the shimmer. So we get to see a lot of those quick movements. But so now we know that like Jinx has 
the shimmer, which is helping with her breakdown of psyche. But it also explains her passive in League of Legends, yep. which is super cool because it's like we she gets a kill, an assist, or breaks a tower. She gets a super speed, yep. and we get to see that here. So I was like, I, was, I immediately wrote down. I'm like, oh, cool, her passive, uh, <laughs> and. She gets control of the room again, but then, like, she's, you know, got the Gatling gun. She's about to blow Caitlyn to kingdom come. And Vi is like, no, no, stop it. We can just leave. Yeah. You and me, Powder, we'll go anywhere. We'll just get out of here. And so then we have this conflicting bit of Kate. Like, she wants to kill Caitlyn. Yeah. Vi wants to take her away so she can be Powder again. Silco is like, her name is Jinx. Yeah. And it's you and me against the world. So do it kill her so that we can burn this world to the ground and we see the breakdown of psyche and i like her style here which is when you don't know what to do and you have a fully automatic weapon you spray and you pray (laughs) it's as simple as that yeah and so caitlin gets her to put the gun down silco go because remember silco does have rage issues and i like that that's consistent where everyone else is handling this differently but silco doesn't have that type of tolerance so he's like, fuck it, goes for the gun. Obviously, he points it. We know, we don't, we're not shown who he points it at. Pretty sure he points it at Vi, which makes Jinx turn around and say, no, spray him. And then everything comes to a halt, right? Because yep. as it stands now, she has killed two of her fathers. <laughs> which, listen, <laughs> this show has taken, you, you may think there's only so much trauma that one person can endure but they are like we're going to put so much on this plate that you will lose hope of redemption because like we said in last episode we we knew that was it that once she got um injected and treated by dr singed yeah it was like it's gone there's no point of no return and they're like just to make sure we're going to put a metaphorical cherry on top here (laughs) and yeah and it stops the scene and at that point we get Jinx making the decision for everyone where she kicks the chair with Jinx open, sits in it, mob boss style. And she was like, I give up. She's like, I tried to not be a Jinx type thing. I tried my hardest, but I guess I'm just destined to be this. So cool. Cool. This is, this is who I am now. And the best way to go ahead, like, you know, finding out who you are is a difficult journey that we all go on. (laughs) And there is nothing, there is nothing just so relieving as like finding that true answer for yourself. So there's only one way to celebrate for Jinx in this scenario, which is she grabs the hex gem out of the cupcake. And we finally get to see the weapon that she's been working on. I, I, I kind of thought about it. Uh, I was too chicken to call it out and call like to say that it was going to be this because I thought it would be something bigger and I'm sad I didn't, but we were missing one of Jinx's weapons. Yeah. It's crazy. And we missed this. <laughs> I, I was thinking it, I was thinking it because she would, she was talking to him in one of the crazy rants and I'm like, Oh, we still yeah. haven't seen fish bones. Yeah. Well, we get to see fish bones now, and now we got an answer as to, you know, how Jinx is, becomes the a tyrannical threat yeah. for all the Piltover and Zon, which is the two greatest technologies that we have seen in these shows, the greatest technology of Zon and the greatest technology of Piltover, 
and Shimmer and Hextech are combined in one character now. And Fishbones is completed, so we got to take a test shot. We got to make sure it's working as intended. And that enters, begins the most epic ending to a show that I've seen in a hot minute, which is just this emotional release of just like, this is me and firing the shot. And like, it, it gives this vibe of like, there's a bit of hesitation where she knows for herself yeah. that it's like, okay, I can't, I can't even pretend that powder exists anymore. After yeah. this. Uh, you can feel that hesitation, but then she, she pulls the trigger and we fire off a rocket. Um, where does she fire that rocket? Ryan <laughs> into the council meeting where they just decided to give Zon their sovereignty. <laughs> Oh, and they're happy about it until Mel turns around. And is like, oh fuck, we get the bomb, we get the bomb hitting the window, and that's it. That's the cut. Roll credit. Listen. Oh my god. I'll say it here, and like I said, we'll have other episodes where we go deeper into like just our feelings and how this is handled, the aftermath, people's responses. But I'll say it here: it counts as a video game adaptation, and this is the greatest one to date. Um, I don't feel ridiculous saying that. I think this is some of the greatest animated television to date, animated anything to date. Wow. From beginning to end. Insane. I I mean, it's 100% the greatest video game adaptation. I don't think anyone can even come close to arguing that. Yeah. Um, and this is the first video game adaptation where I can comfortably just... I, I can't think of a single person that I wouldn't be able to recommend yeah. this to. I, I'm going to tell my mom to watch this. Yep. Like, <laughs> I told my family And to I could imagine well. that she's going to enjoy it. Like, that's the craziest part. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's not even a thing of, uh, you know, like, oh, you might like it, or at least we can talk about it because I'm excited for it. Uh, no, it, it's wonderful. Remember, uh, I yeah. I have some grievances over the animations, but yeah. eh, you know that that's a personal preference thing, and I know that. Yeah, we'll go deep uh, into that. It, it's in done great. Episode. But it, it's like you made a good point because ever since this has started, like Arcane Act, Act One, Two, Three, I when I've gone outside and I've talked to people, listen, remember, League of Legends is one of the biggest games in the world, right, in history, and I've never had people talk to me so much about League of Legends until arcane came out like just general conversations with people who don't play games like have you have you heard this arcane thing um and it's it's very impressive but like i said we'll we'll have that episode but what i want to say to kind of wrap this up is um thanks for joining us with this uh for this i'm gonna try not to cry (laughs) we've cried (laughs) enough but hetch and i talked about this arcane we never thought it was a real thing. We never thought it would come to fruition. We never thought it would come out. But we definitely never thought we would have a podcast where we talked about this stuff for hundreds of hours. And we never thought people would listen to it and comment and put input. And that is beyond, like the show's beyond expectations. This is even further. So thanks. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. 
Yeah, hedge. I, we're, yeah. We, we, we've talked about it before. We're huge nerds. <laughs> I, if you haven't figured and, that out by now. <laughs> and and I, I enjoy doing this show with you. I And I think I can speak for both of us where we would probably be doing this anyways yeah. just because we're having fun with it. But the fact that you guys are taking the time to join us means the absolute world to us. Yeah. And I thank you so much. And not only thank you for being here with us but i can't wait to hear from you like i this is clearly only the beginning as far yeah. as arcane is concerned so uh, we talk about it in housekeeping podcastcore at gmail.com twitter and facebook these are social media stuff you know it hit us up because yeah. i i'm gonna be talking about this for a long time <laughs> And now I just need ears, so I would love to hear from you. Yeah. And with that, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Uh, but it won't be Noxus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take care, everybody. <laughs>